Welcome to the Startup Business Q&A podcast with Richard Moore. Episode 168 of Startup Business Q&A. I worked it out. That's three years and three months. There you go. It's another birthday. So it's a cause for celebration. Thank you everyone who's watching and tuning in right now. So you should be live on Instagram, live on Facebook, live on LinkedIn. Uh, also, thank you, thanks to you watching if you're watching the replay. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast or, of course, if you're watching the IGTV uh, replay afterwards. Hello, Sam Wells. Hello, Brandy Holloway. Catch a training launch. Uh, uh, Manus ZZ is joined as well. All going off on uh, Instagram. I see you there. And it uh, should be live on, in, on LinkedIn too. So going to check out what's happening there. So thanks everyone for watching. Now, the topic this week, as voted by Facebook, uh, is conversion from your content. Uh, very interesting because I think this is the first week we've had a poll. The other, the other topic was positioning your brand. The first week we've had a poll where it was a literal landslide. I don't think anyone voted for the other one. I'm like, okay, so either positioning your brand is of zero interest to people, or maybe uh, you guys just want a bit more help with uh, converting from content. So let me know which it is. I'll be interested. If you have a question on converting, and conversion, let's, let's define first, right? Conversion may well be something along the lines of, uh, you know, converting to an opt-in on a newsletter, or it might be converting to um, a subscription or membership in a group, or indeed it may be conversion to something monetary as well. So this is all these things that we can be related to. If you have a question, do let me know. Hello everyone watching, Tintia's here. Uh, good to see you this week, last week even. HW Ruse here too. So many people on the streams, I'm pleased, over on Instagram. Now, a couple of bit, a couple of notices. First, if this is your first time, where have you been? Three years and three months we've been doing this. Um, so every single week we have questions from you all. We are getting close to 1,350 questions answered so far. Thank you for making the show happen. If you're watching live right now, can you put in the comments where you're watching from? And also hashtag Team Live if you're part of Team Live. Or if you're watching the replay, put in hashtag Team Replay. But put in where you're watching from. Interesting to see uh, who's part of which team. And a couple of points I have to say. Firstly, thank you to everyone who um, was fantastic last week in Milan. Hopefully you caught some of the content uh, and footage from uh, Digital Design Days. Uh, it was a fantastic event. Some of the greatest digital um, design agencies were there. Some really special businesses as well. So everyone from IBM to Hewlett Packard, Spotify, Uber, uh, Media Monks was my absolute favourite. Um, I was on. I, I was presenting after Hewlett Packard, so I had my work cut out for me. But it was really good fun, and then uh, then I did a four-hour workshop on leveraging LinkedIn for business as well. So really good fun there. Uh, keep them coming in. Let me know where you're watching from. So I've got people here from Washington D.C. Juliana, seventeen. You're a regular now, Juliana. Coming in from Dallas. H.W. Rue from Central Free State, South Africa. Awesome. Cintia, watching from Pescara in Italy. Great stuff. And uh, Noy McCollum from Washington. I, I think you've already mentioned that. Yeah, I've already mentioned you. Sam Wells from uh, Sydney, Australia. Katya Dot Training Launch from London. Great to see you here. Good to see some Team UK being represented. We're over on Facebook. We have Phoenix. 
we have no one else putting in there where they're from yet. So one from Phoenix, plenty of others elsewhere. Good morning to all of you. Let's just check in with um, LinkedIn. We should be live and uh, we can see what's going on there too. So um, the other notification is Thursday this week. Thursday this week, we are going to be in New York City for Entrepreneur Business Live Part 3. So uh, Thursday the 17th this week will be Entrepreneur Business Live and we're focusing on, the, it's, I'm actually not going to be there, it will be, a, um, uh, it'll be run by the marvellous Alison Fisher, who is now a veteran of Entrepreneur Business Live. She came on Monday, uh, sorry not Monday, <laughs> she came in January and in May and Entrepreneur Business Live will be streamed. So the four speakers, uh, so Alison, um, Jen, uh, Enzo and Martha, all talking about empowerment to inspire change. They're going to be live from 6 p.m. Eastern time. So uh, those of us in Europe, in the UK, that will be, well, what that'll be, 11 o'clock at night. Marvellous. Um, so I'll be watching the live stream. Uh, make sure you tune in and they'll be giving their four talks there as well. So marvellous uh, to have them doing that. If you are in New York City, grab a ticket. Go to therichardmore.com and you can grab one there. Um, I'm feeling very pleased right now because uh, only four hours ago I was in uh, <laughs> dental surgery. So my whole mouth was numb and I couldn't feel it at all. And they said, oh, it should be a few hours. I'm like, I'm doing my live stream, but I, my mouth wouldn't move. I couldn't speak properly. And now finally, <laughs> finally, I can move my mouth and actually articulate. So I'm pleased I just made it in time. Thank you everyone for watching. It looks like everyone's, uh, we've got LinkedIn live working. Thank goodness. We've got a load of people work, uh, uh, listening uh, over there as well. Shall we answer some questions? If you have a question on conversions from your content, let me know and I'll pop it in there. I've got a question already here from Daniel. What was the major takeaway from digital design days? For me, Daniel, the major takeaway was that uh, I need to work on my um, quality of digital content even more. Um, it's uh, not because I was surrounded by people who do it for a living, but specifically because it's clear there's a huge impact uh, by quality design. So that, that was the thing that stood out for me. And it was just marvellous to connect with everyone else. So I definitely want to go again. It was also my birthday last week on Tuesday. So uh, thank you. Everyone who celebrated, I had some lovely tiramisu and champagne on uh, Saturday night to celebrate. Let's get into questions. Daniel, since you're here and you asked one already, let's answer your other one. You, you've submitted one. Can you cover contracts? I've made a lot of mistakes and taken a lot of risks by sticking my neck out for others without having a contract in place. A friend of mine says you should never start a project without having, a certain, without having certain terms and conditions met. Quite right. Uh, how do you effectively evaluate? Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that bit out, actually. So um, this thing about contracts is really important and it's difficult because for many people in the startup space, in, in the kind of the solopreneur space, there's this worrying thing of like, well, I, I want to work with my friend or something like that. And like, how does that look? And, you know, you get excited and you want to start work on, you know, on, on your thing. And it seems a bit weird to go hyper formal with some kind of contract. Um. I will tell you now, there'll be plenty of moments where you're going to be feeling awkward building a business, right? So it is A1 importance that if you're going to partner with people, if you're going to partner with people, you need to be doing something to protect both parties and that's some form of agreement. Don't verbal, do an agreement, get it written down and just have the conversation because here's the thing. And I need to say this for a lot of people just starting out. If you're having 
if you're going to start business some, with someone, you're going to be in partnership, for example, and you're not capable, the two parties, of having a conversation where you talk about this stuff, it simply means you need to work on your relationship before you dare go near building a business together because it is essential you, you can have these kind of conversations. Think about it. You're going to run a business together. Start, starting a business can be painful and often pretty much will be pain, painful. So it is crazy to not be able to have that conversation because oh, it's a bit awkward. It's, you're going to have worse things happen. So it's important to cover that. It doesn't have to be hyper deep but like what have you agreed on what's what's the plan is what are the roles you know and just make sure that you're really clear and it's not because you want it to be front and center all the time it's mostly in case in the small percentage chance something goes wrong you have some backup and i've seen it happen where people work together really excited and then it all goes sour and you never know what people are going to be like. So it's a really good idea to get that covered. Uh, HW Real on Instagram is following on your question, Daniel. He said, on con contracts, Sir Richard, thank you for the sir, by the way. On Sir, Sir Richard, I'm a 17-year-old entrepreneur, and by law, contracts are not legal for my age. I, I don't know uh, the South African law on this kind of thing. Very much in the UK, it will be, you know, you need to be over 18. Uh, if it's the case that you're uh, classed as what we would call a minor, so under 18, um, technically not an adult by the, in the eyes of the law, then you need someone to, who's going to be covering you for this. So a parent, for instance, if you're, if you're forming a business, then you will need someone who is an adult, technically, so 18 and above, I believe, uh, to actually uh, sort this out. Um, so, you know, that's so important. But then if you, you know, there's nothing to stop you doing business as someone who is uh, under, under the age of, if, you, if you're under the age of 18. But I'm just saying, if you're building a business and having a partnership, you'll need someone who's a grown up to actually put the thing together because you need to actually form a business and things like that. But if you're doing deals with people, um, then it depends. It depends. Because if you're, you know, if you're just giving someone advice, it's a good idea to have it clear that you're not telling them what to do and you have no responsibility uh, in terms of you know any outcomes that may happen that are detrimental to you. But at the same time, you need to be clear with people that if you're just helping them, you know, if you're doing, I don't, I don't know, if you're giving someone light guidance, it might be that you take a view on whether or not a contract is a bit heavy handed. But my point here, I can't stress enough, is if you're gonna work with someone in your business, as in they're going to join your team or you partner with them, it's mad to not have a contract in place in that, that respect at least. Just a, a few more hellos to everyone. Hello Nadine, good to see you here. SP Promo Team in Rhineland, I think, uh, good to see you as well. Afero Lombarada, another seat, nice to see you here as well. Uh, June, for, June I, marvellous to see you here, thank you very much. Ali Cat 13 with three Ts. Roxa MK as well, good to see you here. Uh, Julian 17 uh, you've asked a question, can you give some quick tips on best practices of creating conversions through content funnels? For me, content funnels are about mad volume at the top with value-led content to get as many people in as possible against the general topic area. For instance, for me, it's sales and online engagement. So what I will do is focus on content that helps in that space. I'm trying, I'm focusing my efforts, uh, Juliana, as much as is possible on distribution. I want tens of thousands of views of this, at least, of this piece of content as much as is possible to get people starting to look at me. Because it may be 
that someone is looking at the content and wouldn't want to buy it, but knows someone who does. So I need a distribution. It's also important, of course, that I understand that I'm not that lucky that if I only get small amount of distribution, as in only a few people look at the content, I'm not that lucky that they were all going to be buyers. I've got to expect that most aren't. So I need to appeal to people in an entertainment form, but I also need to appeal to people in an information form so that people are saying, you know what, I actually need some more Richard Moore professionally to help me out. So um, number one thing with a funnel is volume at the top in order to get a trickle out the bottom. That's typically how it is. You wouldn't believe how much traffic you need to put in typically to understand the kind of way in which people will buy from you. You can get better over time, but it's important to have huge volume to start with because then you can test and experiment and measure really where you are, okay? That works really well, but you're asking specifically on conversions through content funnels. I think you need to also bear in mind that there are different ways in which people can be converted. So if you have the patience, time, and appetite for it, it's good to understand that the, uh, the the kind of the more steps down a funnel someone can go or the more kind of stages people can go through, the more it qualifies people and the more it helps different types of people in your audience set. So the people you're trying to target, it helps them uh, uh, buy from you because not everyone wants to consume a video, go to, I don't know, a webinar and then buy that way. Other people want to do it a slower way, you know, and other people want to buy in a, a way that feels a bit more like they're in control, for example. Some people get hyped, is my point, and will buy that way. And some people just don't, and they want to take a long methodical approach simply because they are concerned, they've been burnt in the past maybe, and things like that affect them. So thinking along those lines, it means you don't have to be all things to all people, but you have to have multiple approaches that really help. So, you know, my, my LinkedIn course, Basics of LinkedIn, on my site, what I've done is I've got I've got content for free that draws people in, that goes to the profile, goes to the website. I've got content on LinkedIn, oh, sorry, on Facebook and on, on, on Instagram. I have adverts on those platforms as well. And within adverts, I have video, I have images, I have all these different things because I'm, I, I need to make sure I obviously have lots of touch points, but make sure I give people different ways they can consume the content, Juliana. If you do it that way, you have much more like higher likelihood of warming people up sufficiently that they will select themselves and decide to buy. But it depends on the product as well, because if I'm trying to convert through content on a course for $50, well, that's something I really need to be focusing on huge volume and just and almost automating that. And that conversion really should be something that uh, is, is signposted well enough that people end up buying it on their own with no direct manual integration uh, interaction from me. However, if it's a back end, like a high ticket product, so maybe um, if I'm offering consulting and it's several thousand quid a month, for instance, then I will make sure that I am involved manually. So I need to really map out, like get a bit of paper at least, like map out that content funnel. What are the stages? What are, what's the objective of each of these stages? Where are the moments where I might pick off a, a, a potential customer? And like I say, the more, more you're asking for from them, the more personal you need to be. You know, you, 
it's better to have more video and 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 one-on-one and dms and so on for the the as the price increases because that person needs a greater amount of trust often to spend a higher amount of money uh, with what is essentially an unknown quantity otherwise so hopefully that helps a bit that's a great question diana from melbourne good to see you Pop in here in the comments where you're watching from, whereabouts are you, um, uh, whereabouts are you located in the world, and hashtag Team Replay if you're watching later on, or Team Live if you're watching right now. Thank you again. I want to share, say thank you to everyone who listens on the podcast. The numbers are going up slowly every week. It's really lovely to see that. And um, also IGTV is clearly an appetite there uh, because the replay <laughs> of, you know, this is essentially an Instagram story, the, uh, the live stream. So if I put it on there... It disappears by tomorrow, so uh, it's on IGTV. If you want to uh, follow that, you go to my profile, swipe over to IGTV, and you can watch it. Um, loads of questions coming in, and uh, nice to see some people watching on LinkedIn as well. I haven't got enough hands here. So uh, let's say hi to some people. Thank you for watching. And if you're just joining now, and the notice is the big notice is Thursday. Thursday this week on the 17th of October, we have Entrepreneur Business Live uh, Part 3 in New York City, uh, more details on my website, therichardmore.com, under products, you can see the info, um, at 6pm local time, so eastern time, that's what, 3pm uh, uh, west coast, if I'm right, and uh, here in the UK, that'd be 11 o'clock at night, you can watch for free the live stream of the speakers, every Entrepreneur Business Live um, streams for free. The tickets will raise money uh, for Pencils of Promise again this year. So $10 per attendee will be going to Pencils of Promise. And my man CJ Stanfield will be repping them uh, on site. He will actually be there to answer questions and speak to people as well. So that's marvellous to see. Uh, but I can't wait. I'm going to be watching this, the live stream from the UK. I won't be there. And um, if you want to watch with me, come to Facebook. You need to search in the uh, search bar for Entrepreneur Business Group. That's the name of the group. Uh, or search the URL. So facebook.com slash groups slash Entrepreneur Business Group. It's all there. Join and you can watch the live stream with us on Thursday. Patricia Freudenberg, nice to see you here. Team live on LinkedIn. Brandy's watching on, on LinkedIn. Yelena uh, from Turin in Italy as well. Uh, Miroslav, good to see you watching from Croatia. Uh, Vetreville watching from Dubai, Antonio from Milano, good to meet you this week uh, at Digital Design Days, Stefan, Stephanie, I was, I'm starting to throw Italian accents at you, certainly not Italian here, uh, Stephanie home from London, um, Patricia's in New York, so Patricia, New York City, Thursday, there you go, you need to go, go along to the event, uh, Joel, my man, watching from Zurich, hope you had a safe flight home, uh, from Milan this week. Uh, Tima El Haj watching from Guessing Melbourne. Uh, Diana is every platform simultaneously, I think, from Melbourne as well. Um, thank you very much, everyone, for, for watching. Plenty of others. Uh, Vittorio Uzi as well. My man, good to see you there. So um, thank you very much for much watching on, um, on LinkedIn too. Next question, Jesper Backengel from Denmark, if I remember right. Uh, this is episode 168, you see. So plenty of people... I've been watching for some time. I think if I look at the top here, Daniel, who you asked a question earlier, you know, I think you watched pretty much everyone since day one, and that's three years and three months. Today, it's our birthday, episode 168 of the show. So thank you very much for, uh, for joining. Uh, Jesper asks, how do you weed out the not-so-serious fish, he called them, that your funnels or content bring in? How do you decide 
where to spend your energy. Look, you've got to remember that not everyone who converts directly to buying your product or um, or who decides to opt into your you know your into your newsletter. By the way, newsletter coming out today. <laughs> I think it's been a year now of newsletters. So on therichardmore.com, sign up for free. You get the newsletter. More of that uh, later. But um, you need to understand that not everyone who is going to buy or convert, but it's not a bad thing. It's not because not everyone's going to buy, but it doesn't mean they're not going to advocate for you, right? Some of the best customers I've had have come from people who have never bought anything, digging what I do and then sharing it, right? So if you think, think about this, right? You've got people who think you're awesome, but don't need what you sell. Why would I, why would I want to cut these people out too much? So what I'm saying is the way to do this, uh, uh, Jesper, is across time, you will get to see those people who perhaps aren't going to buy anything, but are going to spend time around your content. So reward them with a bit of a thank you. You know, Daniel, you're a great example. I know you, you've, you've, been, you've bought, bought some of my products before, but um, you're a great example of someone who's a regular uh, supporter of, of the content and the work. So these people, through Daniel as an example, sharing my stuff and very kindly talking uh, and, and about the, the content itself, what, what's happened is that he's helped distribute and broadcast what I've been doing. That's someone who's really valuable. And um, famously, uh, when I ran my two taekwondo schools, um, I had a client, so it's not right, a student, let's call it, and she was on, um, she was in the adult class on one of the middle packages. She couldn't do many more lessons. She was a mum and all that kind of thing, so she showed up just for that. She wasn't spending much money, for instance, but she's a reason why so many other students came, like all her friends joined. So, you know, because of her keenness, yet not spending much, and my, you know, looking after the, the little guys as well, who actually are, are spreading the word and so on. You know, she was so bought in. This woman got a tattoo of my club logo, or our club logo, um, on her foot for whenever, whenever she kicked a pad. And then someone else did as well. You know, this is, that's a serious testimonial for what you do, right? So it's really important to understand that just because someone may not be buying, it's a good idea to still look after those as well. Still. Plenty of people aren't serious, quite right. And I mean, this isn't a helpful solution, but you do get a knack for it after a while. You do realize, you do sense who the freeloaders are. Um, you do sense the people who aren't so um, capable of uh, looking after themselves and they want you to do literally everything for them. Um, I do decide where to spend my energy based on those who actually do something. You know, they step forward. They step forward and, and they comment. They step, you know, if someone wants to comment and like and so on, I feel that that's a real win for me. That engagement means a lot. And the reason why is because my patience will last forever. I can, you know, take my time. I'm not trying to convert everyone now. I know that some people will take their time and that's a really nice way of doing it. So um, just think how, you can always, always ask other questions as well, yes, but you can say things like, you know, if you're, if you're going to test people, if you get them one on one or if you're in direct messages, you could ask things like, you know, how much have you invested in your in yourself in the last year? And, and 
when you, I remember once there was a guy I asked this question to, and he's like, I haven't even, I haven't even checked out a library book in like the last ten years. And then you get other people who brag about spending forty Gs a year on retreats and courses and things like that. And you know, there's a good way of qualification, uh, qualifying them. Then I suppose so. Um, it's a very difficult thing. But you and the reason why it's a difficult thing is you have a volume of people, and so many of them will find the content compelling. They just will. And it's not because they're going to act on it or buy anything. It's because they find it interesting. You're a great channel, you know, of media. And so why wouldn't they want to hang out and see more of it? So I think time spent with them is the important part. I, I watched a, um, uh, a live stream earlier today about someone who has found a way to post lots of content in a very automated way. But the downside of that is they're not spending time with the people consuming the content. So it's like, well, well done. You've automated the content. But is that the end point? No, the end point is to get conversion, right? So you need to make sure you actually spend time on the pitch with the people as well, which is why you babysit your content. So uh, that's a very important thing to uh, to remember. I uh, just want to say hi to everyone who's popping in. Uh, I hope that helps a bit, Daniel. Uh, there's a big question you've asked there. Carolina, great to see you here. Uh, it was only a few weeks ago we were in Miami together, so nice to see you. Kyoko, good to see you here as well. Uh, yes, she got a tattoo. It was crazy, and another one did as well, so I was very proud of that that moment. Um, just, I'm going to keep saying it, sorry, but uh, it's for those of you joining just now. Thursday this week, on the 17th, 6 p.m. Eastern time, so New York time, is Entrepreneur Business Live New York City. Those of you who don't know what it is, we run about 20 of these events now. They are local networking events, uh, one hour of speakers against a topic. This one is called Empowerment to Inspire Change. Uh, this is built, this is one of my first ones that's very much built by someone else. So Ali Fisher, uh, who's been to a previous two in New York City, she is building and running it, along with Jane Collins, uh, Enzo Ochoga, and Martha Bonetta as well. They're going to be there um, from 6 p.m. speaking. You can watch live in the Entrepreneur Business Group on Facebook. Just search and you'll find it. Uh, and then there's an hour of networking. There's free beer. And we are donating $10 per head to Pencils of Promise, marvellous charity, uh, helping with um, uh, building you know, education facilities in Ghana for the children there. Um, question from Patricia Freudenberg. Do you send separate newsletter or cust uh, for customers versus B2B? So... That's a lovely segue. Thank you, Patricia. Um, I have a newsletter that goes out uh, a few hours later than now every single Monday. I think we've been doing it a year now. I need to check how many weeks it's been. Um, and the newsletter is three parts. And by the way, the whole newsletter was built by you lot. The whole newsletter was built out of me saying, firstly, in polls, do you want a newsletter? Yes, please. And I, then I took a note of all the people that said, yes, please. This is how this is related to conversion, you see. Then I said, what would you like in the newsletter? Did a poll and all the things came out. And we pulled out the top three. And I took note of the people who said those things as well. So my, my ability to convert was very straightforward because I was able to say, here's your newsletter then. Tag, 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 tag. And they all signed up. It was marvellous. So the newsletter basically is called Entrepreneur Business Bulletin. Hmm, it's like a theme going on here with the names here. <laughs> and um, Entrepreneur Business Bulletin covers uh, my content as a digest from the week before. Not all of it, like the top three bits, the ones that generate a lot of engagement. It's not, not me thinking it's great. It's when people are like, wow, this is great. It popped and it resonated with people. So but kind of the top three or four bits of content for me. Then News You Can Use, which is cleverly named, I thought, um, which is focused on the current state of play uh, on the platforms in 
online marketing in sales in business and kind of the things i've been consuming in the last week that will be in there as well so top people in business is you know well, not top people so much as uh, the top platforms and the information you need to know about uh, will be in there and then there's also uh, iron sharpens iron which is the the third category um and that is top business leaders what they've written about how they've been you know what interviews they've had and interesting insights from them each week as well so it's a really great digest there's always an event section as well so you can see information on entrepreneur business live there too and to answer your question that is a separate newsletter so if you go to my website therichardmore.com you scroll down you'll see newsletter sign up your name your email and it is purely for the newsletter because of GDPR, which is a, uh, a data regula regulation thing that came into play uh, some time back, it is everything. <laughs> it's everything to make sure you don't spam people and basically do bad stuff with their with their with their um, uh, with their data. So the data received uh, is is so if you sign up, basically you get the newsletter and that's it. Whereas if you opt into other things, then you of course you get access to those as well. Uh, Daniel Nunes uh, is switched from Facebook. He's on Facebook and he's on, I'm looking all over because I've got loads of cameras. He's on Facebook and he's on Instagram as well. I have a tremendous amount of respect for you, but I'm not going to get you tattooed on my body. I've got, I've got more work to do then, Daniel. Fine. I, I understand. <laughs> um, Jerome Columbo, my man, who's a, a wonderful UX designer. Thank you very much for meeting you in Milan. You're watching right now. Uh, great to see you. Hashtag Team Live watching from LinkedIn. Uh, so watching from Milan even on LinkedIn. If you are watching now, put in the comments hashtag Team Live. If you put it, if you're watching later on in replay on IGTV or any of the other platforms, then uh, hashtag Team Replay. It's always nice to be part of a team, right? Um, Katrina Kurt, who I think I dropped in on uh, yes on Facebook uh, a few minutes ago, has asked Richard, how do you track from which piece of content a lead is from? This is getting harder and harder now because a lot of the time you get some really quick conversions um, uh, through, say, through a great piece of content onto, a, onto your website and so on. But what happens is that often the conversion, if you look at where it's come from, you know, on my website, a landing page where you can buy a product, that will be, uh, it will have come just from LinkedIn because... I can't tell the piece of content always because often people don't click the link directly because they need to build a bit more trust and a bit more familiarity. So you end up with someone seeing the content, then deciding to select themselves because they're curious enough. They then click on the profile. When they click on the profile, okay, they're now reading a bit more about me. They're miles off the content now. And then they click through and or type into the address bar my site. So it's quite difficult, but with enough traffic, you can get a sense of where you're getting your wins from. So for instance, I can see if I'm selling courses more from ads than organic, more from one platform than the other. Specific bits of content, unless you have discount codes, specific URLs, and that's the best way of doing it really, uh, you're not gonna entirely know, you know precisely how to do that. So my suggestion, Katrina, is you have you set up like a specific or kind of vanity URL for that. Use bit.ly, so bit.ly um, or tinycc uh, and you tiny.cc. What these do, they are link shorteners. So if you have a landing page on your website, that's where people land from content. 
in order to uh, you know buy basically or convert if you have that landing page you look at your URL so the the address in the you know online uh, at the top of the uh, browser that URL you can create um, uh, you can you can use it in say bitly bit.ly and shorten it and then change it into something like um, you know you wouldn't write conversion funnel one because that's a bit of a giveaway but you might write something like um, June newsletter or something like that and then people don't click on the long URL they click on bit.ly slash June newsletter and then you're then you're able to see which traffic's coming from that particular URL so that's the best way of doing it, I'd be, I would suggest, just be really clear on uh, your um, on your content as well. Another way of doing it is something like getting people to not just convert by clicking on a link, but also maybe write something. Uh, you know, maybe sometimes people say things like share it, write X in the comment, and so on. So I've done this in the past, where I've had um, I've said if you want to have this thing, then you have to write hell yes, for instance, as a comment and send me a DM. So I just know specifically that someone's wanting it from that piece of content. So do something that's unique or specific to the content uh, as a signifier or a little flag that it's that that one that actually helped you convert. So a lot of different ways you can do it, but certainly I would say um, a particular URL for each bit of content, if you are gonna do it, that's a good way of doing it, because you can then, then track it. Um, uh, Jamie Cohen, amazing to see you on Instagram. Thank you for watching. Sonoel underscore lifestyles here too. Thank you very much. Uh, great to see you guys enjoying it on, on Instagram. Thank you. Let's do a couple more questions before we finish up. Brandon Stewart. Uh, has asked from LinkedIn, would love to get an example of how you've personally converted a high value client from LinkedIn. Cheers, Richard. So the thing I like doing the most is when you have a post where the headline is something along the lines of um, uh, uh, like, does your marketing director know this? Or is this something your sales director does? Or, you know, along those lines. So it, what it does is it, is it helps create intrigue. And those that are watching it who aren't in that role, who maybe are connected some, to someone who, who is, uh, they often send it over, which is fantastic. So you actually get um, uh, a lot of people looking at it. But here is your big takeaway on this idea. Your huge takeaway is important to understand in converting. The, the majority, overwhelmingly, of people who look at your stuff, <laughs> at your content, don't convert even as far as a reaction, so a like, right? Or a heart or something like that or a comment, let alone a share or clicking on a URL. 99%, and I'm not just saying it as hyperbole, but 99% of people will not bother to react. If I get 10,000 views on a post, I'll probably get 100, I might get 100 likes, for instance, or 100 comments or something like that. So it is the tip of the iceberg. And what that represents, if 10,000 people have viewed my piece of content, you know, that is a massive amount of people and sure, the majority probably aren't that bothered, but there will be a large amount of people. Just because this is how it is, there'll be a large number of people who aren't doing anything like clicking on like or sending a comment or doing anything to express outwardly that they're interested in what you're doing. They're simply looking, consuming. So, for instance, if I watch something on YouTube, I don't like it. I should. If I don't like it. I look at it and then I get on with my life and that's it. So with this in mind, 
you need to find a way to understand who's looking at your content and where the interest is. And this is possible because of human curiosity. So the hack is this. When, when you put out a piece of content, you go, for instance, on LinkedIn, you can do this. You can't do it on, on Facebook or Instagram, sadly. But on LinkedIn, you go to your profile in the 24-hour stretch after your piece of content's gone out. And what you'll see is a section that's on the, on the left-hand side that says people who viewed your profile. And now it's exciting because I can see all the people who have been looking at me, those that are curious in me, of me. And there's obviously different reasons why people might look at it. But if you swipe over to the right hand side, this may be a premium account, a feature. But even if it isn't, you can still see interesting people who have been consuming your, your information and your, your content. So I've personally converted people that way. They are leads. They are warm leads right there. If someone looks at your content and then decides to look at your profile, don't think they're not interested. That is just that some people aren't going to share by comments or by likes that they're into you. They're checking out your profile. They've decided to stop whatever they were doing and do that. And that's huge. And when you do, when you see that, that's when you can send them a DM and say, hey, Thanks so much for watching. I saw you were checking things out. Uh, how are you doing? Don't try and close, just get in contact with them. And I've closed, I'm not going to give any names out, but some really interesting companies I've worked with this way. Um, but you, what you would understand is if 1% of people are going to be reacting, there's probably 20% of the people watching that are actually keen or interested in some way. And that can be certainly on LinkedIn reflected through all of the people who are actually looking at it. And it will have the person's profile shown on the screen that looked at you. And it will say, 17 minutes ago, this person looked at your profile. And it's always a spike of interest or spike of traffic on your profile soon after, excuse me, in a couple of hours after a piece of content's gone out. So it's a very important consideration that you can get a lot more from uh, uh, content than you realize. Don't be lazy, people. Don't do a piece of content and then wait for everyone to run at you. It doesn't work like that because that's the tip of the iceberg, right? If you get two people send you a DM saying, I love you, man. I want to convert myself, please. Where do I sign? If you're only holding out for them, you're going to be broke half the time. So it's far better to look at those that are keen but not displaying as such that they are. So someone looking at your profile is actually quite a big tell that there's some interest in you. It might be that it's negative interest. It might be that they're like, who's this idiot? And they can't help themselves because we're humans. But at the same time, it's likely to be someone who's like, good, good content. I'll check this out and see what it's about. So that's what I'd suggest. I think it's a really good way of doing it. Um, that, but what I find is that the high value clients show some interest and often write a comment. And the rest, that, that what I always want to be doing, and by high value, that's typically larger brands, for instance, they articulate some level of interest. Usually it's a comment. I mean, the, the, the dead giveaway is the DM. When you get a direct message or PM, some of you call it, um, from a piece of content, when you get a message, someone showing some interest, that is way higher status for conversion than a comment. You might think not because the comment is public. A DM is them going to you directly going, hey, that's really good. They've come to kneel you know, in your audience. Uh, and so it's a really important thing to, to be aware of. Don't just write, thanks, mate. <laughs> it's not enough. So you, that's your perfect time to convert. 
And the way to do that, especially for a higher value one, Brandon, is get them on the phone or meet them. No other alternative. Don't DM your way through it. That's, you know, it's, it's possible, but it's a real art to closing high ticket clients on DMs. It's harder. I would move straight away to a phone call. And by phone call, because it's 2019, I would say um, if you're not doing a Zoom chat or a Skype call, you're crazy because you're throwing away the visual, which is a really big deal for people. Okay, so um, I hope that helps a bit. Uh, thank you very much to those else who are also watching. Uh, Rizza, Wizza, Wizzerut is here. James Perry, thank you very much. You asked a question, so I best, best answer that one. I think you may have answered, asked a question. Uh, Katrina Kurt, thank you very much for watching over there as well. Over on Instagram, what are your thoughts on using Linktree to convert? Brandy Holloway says, look, I think you should be trying it. I think you should try them all. And um, the, the idea about these kind of things is that you have, uh, you know, I was speaking to someone earlier about Zapier, about how you can use your content and it creates a zap that makes something else happen and something else happen. This can all get quite complex. I think my understanding of Linktree is it's along the same lines as um, uh, of Bitly to a degree. I've not really used it that much, but I think you should be trying it. But what you shouldn't do is hear about it from someone else going well and just try it and nothing else. It's gotta be experimenting. You have to be putting money on a number of horses at the same time, Brandy. You have to. In the same way as I said at the top of this session, think about different types of content going out because you can't be all things to all people through one type of content. You have to be writing, you know, try an article. If you're half decent at writing and if you're not, get someone to write something that would be how you speak or, or record something and get it transcribed because some people prefer articles, for instance. So it's the same with all of this. You should try them all because some things are surprising, I find. Some things are surprising in how they convert. I will say, for instance, that on a macro level, I've been stunned by Instagram. You know, a couple of years ago, I uh, worked, started this, working on this campaign with a PR agency um, involved with Europe Car, which is a huge, a, um, a, a huge car rental business. And at the same time, uh, uh, another one who worked, that was uh, like a train line, a mainline train company here in, in the UK, wanted me to do some work with them as well. It's like out of Instagram, really, but they, you know, it's surprising. So unless you're trying them, you never know. Uh, TikTok's the next place for that kind of thing. So you should be dabbling and trying it. And if you feel that um, you're getting some traction, well, then you've got another thing to try out. So my thoughts on using it to convert are I've not really tried it sufficiently to be able to, to comment as in, that's the thing that I use, but I think you should be trying it and speak to someone who's an authority and specifically using that. But my understanding is that it's actually all right from what I've heard. Um, I can't add much more on that one, I'm afraid. Um, thank you very much for everyone who's been watching today. I've really enjoyed it. I just want to finish by checking on LinkedIn. How about, uh, so Abdul Razak Mikati, how about converting in B2B context, the same strategy? Yes, you should be doing it on LinkedIn. And I think what he's asking here is, um, this conversion approach, I think you're asking that, are you, uh, Abdul? This conversion approach of good content and then looking at where there's some level of interest, converting out is no different. B2B and B2C can be just the same because it's people, right? And, and everyone who says it's not the same, sure, maybe the content might be different, maybe the platform might be a different consideration, but definitely, I think, um, if you're high ticket closing, you should be going manual, get them on the phone or say, hey, I'm in the area soon and have a meeting with them because your ability to close and convert is far more effective when you're actually doing it face to face. 
Thank you very much for that. Really great to see everyone. Um, I have a lot to get on, so I'm going to have to finish up here. Uh, do keep your eyes out for the newsletter. Go and sign up to it on therichardmore.com. You can also find out uh, more information about Entrepreneur Business Live there and uh, grab yourself a ticket. But if not, then join me on Thursday live on the show uh, in the Entrepreneur Business Group on Facebook and we'll be watching Entrepreneur Business Live New York City. Thank you for everyone who's been watching. See you later Instagram. Thank you for watching on the IGTV uh, show. Uh, that will be out in a few hours there. Uh, thank you also for listening. If you're listening on the podcast, Spotify, I think is about to overtake iTunes. I'm very excited about watching that. Thank you. Um, Facebook,